You're listening to. And you're listening to the Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. And hey everyone, welcome to episode 117 of the Collabcast. It's Thursday, probably. Thursday, April the 28th, 27th, 27th, 2017. Yes. We're going to aim for Thursday this week because we're recording so early. We're going um, into the future. Yeah. And this will be our last episode at the end of the week before moving to our new time on Mondays. We're going to try to uh, start your week off with the Collabcast instead yeah. of ending your week. Because, uh, I don't know. Because that morning commute, I mean, what better way to spend time with Marvin and Minji, right? Absolutely. Also gives me enough time over the weekend to edit and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, welcome. It's um, I have to do a correction. Last week I said it was day 99 of The Resistance. It's actually day 98 now, The Resistance. Now it is. Yeah. Day 100 is this Saturday. Um, <laughs> lost track of time a little bit. It's been yeah. a little... Because yeah. you got caught up in weather talk. Yeah. Um, but we're joined by a very special guest this week. A returning guest. Yeah. Mr. Jason Lee of the Jubilee Project of Jubilee Media. Media. That's right. We just launched or we just rebranded. Yeah. Congratulations. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Jason Thank you. is premiering his new documentary, Save My Soul, this Saturday at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, or LAPF, as I like to call it, <laughs> 5 p.m. at the Aratani Theater. Which I hate to admit has caught on. I call it that, too. It's yeah. so much more convenient. There's a lot of letters and syllables, <laughs> and anytime we try to type it out, we're like, oh, should we just say LA, AP, <laughs> There's too many things. LAPF. LAPF. LAPF okay. is all you need. <laughs> well, finally, the world will get to see the film. Yes. Okay. We've yeah. been waiting for it with bated breath for a for long time. four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. yeah. We talked about, um, so last time you were on, we talked about this film as well, because you had just, um, you had you just returned from another trip, or that's right. I yeah. think we were just um, we were in post, right? And we were we had just you were doing your fundraising, yeah, I your think. Kickstarter. That's yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that we're, was like towards the beginning of our podcast, right? No, that was episode fifty six. I looked this oh up. My oh, God. we were a year in, almost uh, a little over a year. That's ago. crazy. And now this is one hundred seventeen. One hundred seventeen. Now we doubled. Yeah. Wow. That was Sixty episodes ago. <laughs> doing math in my head, real quick. Ooh. Wait. So, and then when you were in post, you had already been working on the, pro- you've been working on the project for like a couple of years or something. We yeah, we started about four years ago Crazy. in uh, 2013, in February of 2013. Crazy. So, honestly, we thought we would be done by the like six months later. Yeah. And here we are, four years later, still talking about the film. <laughs> very excited too. Yeah. Very Great excited. art takes time, you guys. Oh I was offered a screener, but I was like, no, I gotta watch this in the theater. Yes. Yes. I remember last time you were here, you were talking about how just like. You guys snuck cameras in places you weren't supposed to have cameras, mm-hmm. and we're just. The I, I want to feel the tension. Yeah, you know, <laughs> our, our parents still haven't seen the full cut because I think that they're gonna like have a heart attack and die. Oh um, dang! But but Jason made it out, so at least we know he doesn't get <laughs> captured or tortured. Or that's correct. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, he's here. He's safe. And Jason lives. Yeah. Correct. Uh, we're gonna talk more with Jason about the film and about Jubilee Media after the break. But before we get to that, we start off every episode with a roundtable discussion 
about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture in Asian America. And uh, this week, let's start with uh, let's start with Jason. Minji's pointing at Jason. Yeah, I'm pointing. I was like, go, go, go. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Not me. Um, well, uh, something I'm really excited about is May's coming up. A mm-hmm. uh, beautiful month. But also because it's uh, May Heritage Month, as you guys know. Yeah. Yes. A lot of stuff coming out. APAM, another acronym I like to, we all like to. A-Pizzle. <laughs> which someone Speak asked me, someone's like, because I have a friend coming from Brazil, and he's like, why um, did the government choose May? Or like, how did you guys choose May? I was like, I don't know. I don't know the history happened. of how it got selected, but right. it's been around for like a few decades now. I feel like that too. Yeah. Has it been a few decades? Yeah. Asian Heritage Month next year is their 50th. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is amazing. Interesting. Yeah. I'm really excited because we actually, um, we're working on a project. This is not public yet, but it will be soon. Um, with, well, now um, it is. <laughs> uh, as soon as you keep talking, <laughs> Jason. <the> embargo. Um, <laughs> it's like two days away from. I think it's good. This it's is like good promotion. Yeah. Okay. We're yeah. working on something with NBC Asian America where we're actually releasing the A to Z. So the... Um, it's kind of like, you know, like Forbes 30 and their 30, mm-hmm. except for not for just on their 30 people, but mm-hmm. kind of highlighting the 26 biggest movers and shakers of 2017. Very cool. So for the last month, we've been just traveling around the country highlighting people. So you're going to see a lot of names that obviously you guys know. So that's why you've been traveling a lot. <laughs> that has been one of many reasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, like your life. But that's going to come out on the first, I think. Awesome. So keep an eye out. Yeah, you guys have been doing a lot of work with Embassy Asian America. It's been a lot of, a lot of very touching... Yeah, that's his specialty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we love. Jason loves to make you cry. <laughs> that's how we measure our impact through tears. <laughs> how many though? How hard? Yeah, did I know. You cry? It's like I cried weights, but like, yeah. How many tears can you collect in a little vial? <laughs> I know. <laughs> turn your tears into Jubilee Project or Jubilee, Jubilee Media. Media. Super creepy. Um, they'll, they'll turn it in to get there. That's how they make their money. <laughs> I know. Um, but we love partnering with you know folks like Collaboration and NBC Asian America just because. There's so much of a need, as you guys know, for a great media content for the Asian American community. Um, and uh, we think we do stories well, and we love partnering with folks like that. Yeah. So there's a couple of other things in the pipeline, too. So. Congrats. Awesome. Yeah, but Maybe Jubilee, we can take that offline, and we can get the inside scoop oh, yeah. you know, without going public. We're doing something for APAM, too, right? Are you guys? Mm-hmm. We're doing some like Instagram campaigns. Right oh, we're doing, yeah, yeah, we're doing like social. We're doing some content campaigns. Just like, same thing. It's like, let people know for sure. awesome things and stories that are happening. Yeah. So important. That's the power of digital. Yeah. <laughs> digital but, um, content. Yeah. Um, so w- did you ever... So when did you start acknowledging it yourself? Because that was a quite, did we talk about this with Michelle last week where we're like, when did you even become aware of Asian American, oh. et cetera? Like Asian came, American identity or, everyone's, or Heritage or Month? That too, like Heritage Month and kind of like, because a lot of people don't care. And that's right. the reality. Like, well, I think we started celebrating the Heritage Month. It used to be kind of more of a novelty, right? Oh, it's Asian American Heritage I Month. I think there were people celebrating. That's what I think. I think it was mm-hmm. probably like the older like City Hall type events right, that were right. not including our right. generation. Right. Guessing. I'm not <laughs> hating. Yeah. I'm just speculating because well, I, I didn't know about it. It's and now there are events that are City Hall based but with our generation too. Exactly. With like what ISA is doing, with identity. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of really cool stuff. But for me, I don't think I knew that we had a month until college that's what i'm saying i think right. it was after college for me i yeah. had no idea i think i took a i took a intro to asian american history 
And that's when I like freaking got punched uh, in the face. See, everybody like Vincent Chin. I didn't and, know any of this until yeah. Marvin told me. Oh my god, oh that's my like god. yeah, that's, so that's your basic history. intro to Asian American mm-hmm. studies classes. You learn about Vincent Chin, the riots, the, the exclusion act, internment, internment, yeah, all everything. the all the all the bad stuff. I knew about internment. Internment camps, I knew that through U.S. history, sure. mildly. Well, they kind of like brush over pretty quickly. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, like one and chapter. this happened. They're yeah. like, by the way, oh, no, 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 no one needs to know about that. Good thing Sean Spicer's not talking about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the and camps, I, he's going to like, they were counselors and they were activities. And have you guys been to the um, the Japanese American Museum in downtown? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the whole, they've got the whole internment yeah. section, but also George Takei's thing. It's I haven't so been to cool. that uh, exhibit yet. Yeah. Really, really cool. It's, it's um, definitely worth it's a shame yeah. because every every year there's a pilgrimage to Manzanar that a lot of people take to go take a look at the um, the national park there and and the, 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 they rebuilt all the uh, all the barracks as like a, a monument oh, wow. to the history and that's taking place this weekend as well and like, I invited to it by our friend Tracy Katakiriyama but yeah there's so much going on there's a lot going <laughs> yeah. on and Saigu which is the uh, right that's the Saturday as well right. 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 and I didn't yeah. learn the depth of that story or like all the nuance and all the layers and the you know did you always knew was there was a Korean American element to it. Or? Yeah, so I heard of Saigu since I was like in middle school. Yeah, you kind of hear about it. Yeah, but, but I didn't. Really sure. I didn't know what it was mm-hmm. like for real. And then when I got to college, and I understood it was about the LA riots. That's then that was that. And right. then after that, I didn't. So Saigu is April twenty four to nine Korean. And Correct. It's, it's commemorating commemorating the, the first day of the LA riots, which um, was the uprising that happened. Um, in the wake of the Rodney King verdict right. um, back in 1992. Two? Right. Yeah, it's the 25th anniversary this year. Right. Which for, for, the, for you kiddos who don't remember. Because uh, you weren't born yet. <laughs> was a, uh, a black motorist who was beaten by a whole gang of cops who mm-hmm. were all acquitted. And it was caught on camera. Caught on camera. It was one of the first times that that yeah. happened. Pre- which is crazy. Camera phone. Yeah. That 25 years later, how similar is the world we're living in now? Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I think we take from Saigu from 429 is this idea that we need to be allies yeah. as a people of color and minority, you know, coalitions. And I think I'm, we're seeing a lot more of that. Where like when Black Lives Matter and that movement happened, you saw so many Asians coming out, yeah, et cetera. And I think so. it's like, um, sorry, turn off my phone real quick. <laughs> um, I think it also is a big example of you know asian americans used as a wedge between black and white relations and just the whole fact that and there's been a lot more um, documentaries like there's a short documentary that was online about how you know even during the riots you know um the korean shop owners had to literally defend they were on their own because the cops pretty much abandoned them oh, yeah. right because right? they they i mean they just decide and that's that's the interesting thing that i saw in the documentary that i went with you mm-hmm. went with you and who Brian. And Brian. Brian, who, Brian yeah. from Pac, uh, Pacific Arts from San Diego. Uh-huh. Um, we went and watched the documentary that was made, what, like three months after? Yeah, Saigu. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that what it's called? It's called Saigu. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's really, really good. And that was one of the most like eye-opening. I was like, I had no idea yeah. all of this stuff. And then now Justin Chan's film, Gook, um, is oh. n- it's not specifically about the riots itself. It's just a story that takes place during that time. But it yeah. illustrates that, like, but, that those race, race relations. Right. 
And yeah. which is that's the story that's absent from any mainstream narrative. Oh, yeah, like for they sure. they talk only about uh, the black community and the white and the cops and like all of that. But mm-hmm. like the, the shop owners, and the, yeah. yeah. And they talk factually about the fact that things burned and things were looted, but mm-hmm. they don't talk about the relationship and the mm-hmm. dynamics and what the implications are. That's what the documentary and Justin's film have like touched upon. And it's funny because his film came out when there were like two other movies about the same topic. I think there were two main, mainstream Hollywood the movies. Daniel Craig. One movie? was Daniel Craig, and about Daniel Craig rescuing Halle Berry from from Compton or something. Wow, I totally and missed the that. other one was more about like the it's like the city, the heroic city planners who or something yeah. officials who like <laughs> manage the crisis or something. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, but yeah, That's those crazy. What those narratives don't say, and uh, you know. Um, what those narratives don't talk about is how Koreatown was basically the, the border, like yeah. the, the no man's land, yeah. right? That's where basically the police stopped their protection, yeah. just north of Koreatown. Dude, I'm so excited to see yeah. Justin's film. His film is coming out on the same night of the LA. Right after, of you, our yeah. after you, right? So if you want to have a double header, yes. <laughs> two great films, hopefully back to well, back. Have you watched it yet? I haven't. Oh. But we're going to go back and watch his film Very too. Very cool. I just, got to watch it at Sundance. Did you? In a cafe by myself. I watched it in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Lucy was right. I didn't make it. She was right behind us. I was I two yeah. people away. I see. Yeah. Oh no, you got cut off? Yeah, I got cut off. <laughs> oh, that's a thing. And then afterwards, all our friends were like, dude, I had hella extra passes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. And like, are there like empty seats in there too? It was, no. it was pretty packed. It was packed, it was but like there was because yeah. they're part of the film, they had right, extra. Right, right. I they just posse didn't tickets. ask. Yeah, oh, like there's the yeah. I'm the guy who's like, hey, who's got that? <laughs> You're a better asker. Well, my, Jason my knows how to play. Like so Jason knows how to play the no. game. Uh, right? We were just, we were just like, oh, I guess we'll wait list. On you know, this. just like Korean, yeah. Korean. Well, yeah, Korean it didn't well, come. It didn't come to us that we, wait, we know people who are on. Well, this I was stuff. stupid. I was like, I have a screener, so like whatever. But I wanted to see it in the <laughs> theater. I should have just made effort. No, my dad was like the guy at the buffet who was like, hey, take some of that home. <laughs> No joke. I mean, we would ruin your purse. <laughs> your mom had to bring a big purse. No, my mom was so my embarrassed. Mom my mom would, no, wouldn't my mom, associate with us at all. My mom was the one who would bring pastries. Really? Oh my god. We'd be gosh. eating buffet pastries hours after we finished the buffet. The worst thing is that this happened when I was a kid, and they would always make me do it because I was like the youngest. <laughs> you're right. They're not gonna yell at a kid. And I'd be like, "Appa, you're not allowed to take this out." He goes, "Nah, Kenshana." And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "You're like, man, I got all these freaking stuff in my pockets. Like, this is the worst thing ever." Oh. And now that's obviously. Stuck with me, so I'm like, hey. Uh, I'll just my mom goes like the extra with distance. We get the, the free bread that we get before the meals. Mm. We can order an extra basket. Yeah, that goes into her that's, purse. That's smart. Yeah. We See, didn't actually really <laughs> me loot. Your, me and your mom, we would get along. No, <laughs> we weren't allowed to. I, we were not encouraged to loot, but we just got yelled at when we didn't eat. Like when I we call this looting. <laughs> <laughs> well, like yes. okay, it's taking free. takeout. Okay, okay. We take out. But like my dad would yell at us when we ate. Like the less, like we're there to eat the meat. We're there to eat uh-huh. the like prepared food. If we had like rice and stuff, he's like, "Why are you eating That's rice?" That's how my dad was about mashed potatoes. Yeah, we it's a waste of space. Oh my gosh. Paying for that. Oh, my dad wouldn't let my mom come to the buffet with us. <laughs> because she said, because she, he said, oh, your mom doesn't eat enough. And then Get Eddie and I, no, I'm not, and then he would say, hey, so he's like, hey, tonight we're going to go to Old Country Buffet, so make sure you don't eat lunch at school today. <laughs> Oh my god! That's how digestive works. I know. Yeah. I know. There's no, that should be a thing, like Asian takeout. We used to hashtag yeah. Asian takeout. That's how we were with the hometown buffet. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Which, well, we like, had the Asian buffet and then the American buffet. I went back to hometown buffet recently, and it's not good. Yeah, no. it's not very good. I don't know why it was the best thing ever when I was a kid. 
Best thing ever for me was Sizzler. Sizzler. The cheesy breads, right? I don't even remember. They had the little red hot hot candies too. Yes. I took a a couple. I I remember their salad bar being much better than it actually is. Or anyone who's listening though, kids, please do not take from restaurants. That's really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just fill it up. Like just, you know, budget like four hours. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Probably squeeze in like two meals. Bring your laptop. Bring your homework. (laughs) Study. Right. (laughs) Order. Do you guys ever do the, um, I used to study at Denny's and near my mm. campus and I would just order a coffee Oh, man. nice! and it's free refill. I would do that at Panera. Mm. Panera is like the suburban. Yeah. I really love they, how we went from race riots. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But this was back, this was, this was back before like they limited, they even had Wi-Fi. Like you didn't go, you didn't have a laptop. You went with books and yeah. you just sat there yeah. and studied for hours. Yeah. Yeah. They sell books. Back in the day, no, I mean, these days, you know, you go to Panera, they limit you to like half an hour. Oh, to yeah, hour, oh, hour, you know, Wi-Fi, on Wi Fi, yeah. then you're out, which is smart, yeah, because we'll live there, you know, <laughs> Anyways, you a bunch of squatters. Um, on my mind, related to that, related, related to food, okay, was um, <laughs> I just recently watched the um, Anthony Bourdain, um, Parts Unknown Houston episode. You guys, have you guys heard about this episode? No. no. There's been some um, articles written about it because basically he, you know, so Anthony Bourdain, world traveler, right? right. Adventurous eater. Great show, yeah. Very, very keen on um, discovering like the hidden stories and the places he visits, mm-hmm. you know, which is like makes him like, you know, super cool dude. Um, uh, super cool, like woke white guy, I guess. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he, did a, he did a show about Houston, but he didn't feature any like celebrity chefs hmm. like he had like basically he told his production team one rule for this for this episode no white people oh wow basically, so all of the celebrity chefs are white i presume yeah okay or like all the you know so he, he yeah. went to houston he did an episode on the latino the vietnamese and the indian communities yeah in houston. Wow. and pretty, pretty much like it was his response to the i guess the national discussion about how the south and red states are all like White hicks, racist people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying like That's an the, the Texas angle. that he knows, the Texas that he's seen is like multicultural. Yeah, the Houston he is interested in isn't the white Houston. It's like this new like immigrant Houston mm-hmm. that started coming up because of the um, the recession and how um, Houston from, went from being a boomtown to kind of like um, the oil, the energy economy kind of slowed down, which like kind of. Open the door for immigrant communities to come in mm-hmm. and and take up space, take up um, residence. Very cool. Yeah. So honestly, like that's what, one of the funny things <clears throat> I've talked about from learning through traveling with collaboration shows and events was that I had no idea that there's such a huge Vietnamese community out in Texas. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's huge, and they have the best food ever. Yeah, and it's their, open their like all hours. Are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I was like, I'm moving here. <laughs> they have steak, and then they also have, which I'm trying to reduce my red meat intake. P.S. Because it's bad for the <laughs> but they environment. Also have all the crawfish from the Gulf. What up, uh, crawfish? <laughs> you don't like crawfish? No, I like it. I love crawfish. It's good. It's yeah. so much work. But Dude, then, that's why it's so much it's but then, worth it. Well, because so I'm used to like the, 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 the shitty, like the tiny, like uh, dinky ones we get out here. But yeah. the ones out they're in the are big. Texas are huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just put it in a pot. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. Wait, have you you've spent, I mean, you go, again, you go everywhere. You've mm-hmm. gone out to Texas and like. I have. Do you, I actually lived in Austin for a couple of years. Yeah. Did you? Uh-huh. When, we, when we were young. But I've been to Houston. I've been to <laughs> Dallas. But that's the coolest thing. You're right. That they're like little pockets of communities that are so strong. Yeah. They're, they feel like sometimes they're in the middle of nowhere, um, yeah. but representing hardcore. Yeah, they're huge. And like, 
I don't know. Again, I always talk. I love food because food is such a great bridge. It's such a like a welcome, happy. But then it does get political and people get very touchy about it. Mm. Well, like when people like appropriate food or, you know, you know, that's happened before. Um, Yeah. I think um, Clarissa Way had this article recently talking about, um, I think it was on Vice, um, talking about how like people want to say, don't get political about food, but like food, especially our food, like ethnic food is political. It's identity. Yeah. It's identity. It's, you know, it's the whole, you know, like the, you can see economic disparity through how we treat food, right? How we treat immigrant cuisines versus when, a white dude takes on immigrant cuisine and sells it at a, his fancy restaurant, you know? There's and it a, tells you how you're supposed to eat it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a really, this is kind of a caveat, but or a, a tangent, but um, there's an interesting article about how a lot of times the cost of food is associated with the economic development of the country. So, mm. for example, like, Italian food now is, like, considered expensive. So you, you go to an Italian restaurant and it's more expensive. It's because Italian is regarded, Italy is regarded, like, more right. accomplished. Yeah. Whereas, like, Chinese food, no one's going to spend a lot of money right now on Chinese food until... And now it's, like, slowly on the up and up. Yeah. And, and how, like, Mexican food is cheap. Like, no one's going to pay for, like, gourmet food because of Mexico. It's, well, like, really fascinating. Especially right? Mexican food or, like, or Chinese food from Chinese people or right. Mexican people. Right. But when, like, Rick Bayless sells it... Right. Well, you, yeah. You can, like, he'll charge, like... 12 bucks for a taco. Well, how was the response to the, to the episode? Did people enjoy it? Like, did it do a lot well? of people enjoyed it? Just, it's been universally praised as like, it's just a really good piece of documentary okay. filmmaking, yeah. you know, um, about it's like someone actually going in and making good on, um, reaching out to, or like, um, portraying a multicultural diverse community in a mm-hmm. place you might not expect to find it. Mm-hmm. And there's also the backlash, which is like, why are you racist against white people? You know, right. wow, yeah. yeah. How do you respond to that? Have you ever, have you ever had a white person say, "Hey, why are you so racist towards us?" I think I don't know. I think um, I think he responds. I don't, I don't really, I can't remember what his response was, but I'm sure it was along the lines of like, "White people have enough shine." Like that's not that wasn't our goal wasn't to be racist to white people. Our goal was it's not to hate on you. It's to highlight, highlight yeah, others. others. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be all about. <laughs> White, yeah, because it's not the, about it's be like it's not about you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard to get that message because the message is more like you know, like everyone's freaked out about how like red states are all like you know, racist and like backwards right. and white, and it's like that's not true, like there's immigrants everywhere, absolutely, there's people everywhere, you know. Oh, I know what I want to talk about, okay, got it. <laughs> But that reminds me of the response to get out, right? Yeah, like people were like, oh, this is so racist towards white people, and and I was like, wait, you just did you you missed the whole film, or even, like, or even the yeah. response to formation, right? Like, yeah, sure, yeah, this isn't for us. Why isn't it about us? Or but there's still something you know? to learn from it. From yeah, watching. like, yeah. Uh, I know my topic now. Right, Thank on, you, Marvin. See, I trusted the universe that if I just sat here and listened to you guys talk participated i would get my topic and i totally did we're ready for some minji improv okay right well it's totally you said seg- well i'm gonna segue because you're talking about houston and the- dude i've been obsessed with s-town oh i haven't listened to it oh yet. my god I have been as well. damn I have, it everyone's saying that though everyone's like oh my god have you they know it. that i listen to podcasts a lot and i don't so i've again i've been putting putting my energies towards consuming more things yeah. in general and things that are highly recommended and hopefully good quality but um i had heard like a tiny tidbit about this new show from uh, this american life it's from the mm-hmm. people who made cereal the people yeah. who made cereal right. and they also make this american life brian is brian reed the host of american life or is it ira glass ira, ira, glass. Glass. ira glass yeah um but they're all on the, that team right. and so they they plugged it and i was like 
oh, it sounds interesting. This is like, this is a shitty town. Yeah. Like, that whole thing. And it, well, I didn't even know it was called shit town. That's what S town stands for. But like, <laughs> it was just S town. And they were saying like, it, it was literally just from the cloud of cereal. At first I, I thought like, it was like cereal town. Is this like right. this new like cereal spinoff? But yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, have you seen, have you listened to cereal as well? I haven't. And I want to okay. listen to that. So that's what I'm saying. Like there's, we always yeah. talk about how many things I haven't seen because that right. list is way longer. Yeah. So this is me trying to catch up. But um, if you guys can, I mean, it's just a really fascinating story. It takes place in the middle of Alabama. It talks a lot about this uh, very eccentric character, not character, it's a person. Um, but it just really dives into so many, like you, you just, you can't be prepared for what they're well, going to Like a human into. interest story, right? That yeah. like, takes a lot of different turns. Just there's like just a lot fascinating of these, person. There's a lot mm. of great um, podcasts that do that now, too. Like there's the Criminal, which um, is a podcast, I think it's on Reotopia. And it's not about criminals, but all the stories are around crime. So mm. they, they learn about this crime, they go find out about it, and then they learn like all this other stuff right. around the periphery, like how this happened, what the response was, and where that leads. And I, I was actually at a workshop from the um, the host of that podcast. I forgot oh, her name, wow. but she was talking about how like the best stories are the ones where like she, she go they, you go in for one thing and you learn about this whole other thing. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what yeah. happened with that town. Like you think you. I hope you guys listen to it. Please listen and then come back and then let's talk about <laughs> let's it. Let's talk about it. I'm totally, yeah. That's what happened with our documentary. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you go in with like this idea of like, this is what we're going to do. And you're like, wow, we had no idea yeah. what was going on. Yeah. yeah. You scratch beneath the surface. You're like, whoa. Right. right. Um, Four years later, you come out and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> so you're yeah. recommending cereal to me. What's your I would. other? The first season I would. Okay. The second season I, I, I didn't get, get through it. Cereal, especially because like, it's kind of also a stealth Asian American story. See, I didn't know that. Mm, yeah. I had no that's idea. True. Yeah. That's true. But it was in the 90s, right? It was yeah. in the 90s. Really like cereal. Um, I've really been into the startup podcast. Okay. So they just do like a lot of That's startup a good one, yeah. stories. Startup yeah. podcast? Yeah. Startup podcast is, um, yeah, basically, it started off as um, the founder of Gimlet, yeah. Alex Bloomberg, right. kind of documenting his own startup. Starting and, Gimlet. Yeah. Which is cool. And he's a guy from NPR as well. Yeah, he brought hey. he brought his recorder in t- during like the VC meetings and recorded everything. They've all got a very similar voice. Yeah. You know, you guys have to develop that like NPR like I don't kind have... of <laughs> quasi nerdy, quasi like oh wait, what's a little like nasally. <laughs> yeah, a little nasally. A little and nasally, then they they like... feign this ignorance. They're yeah. like, what? But, but you what... know that they're like they're smart. But what does that mean so when they say this? Yeah. It's like um you have to speak in terms that you understand. It's Parks and Rec during uh-huh. the, the, the NPR segments. I like love the, that. that. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that one and right there. we are going to talk about. But this is uh, how I know I'm getting old because when I was in high school, I'd be like, Appa, like I don't want to listen to this. Can we like put on some music? But now I'm like, oh, oh, oh this is, I feel like, can you turn that off? If only you could see his face. Oh, You're my just, God. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, but that's what our intern said. So oh our gosh, intern yeah. Mitchell, who, who brought us the wonderful Hawaiian snacks. Um, he his last day was last Friday, okay. and one of his first day, mm-hmm. his first day in the internship was listening to our podcast with Dia Frampton. Okay, and so he was just oh, like completely new to the whole universe. Sat down and he's like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't listen to podcasts, you know. And his, you know, image and of understanding it, yeah. of it is like it's just like why do people listen? This is so old and like. Right. But he was like super into it, and he sat in another podcast and he's listened to all these other episodes since then. Shout out. So shout, shout out to, to Mitchell. Mitchell. 
We love you. Mitchell, we hope you're listening right now. I know he is. <laughs> Talk radio. It's, it's a thing. It is a thing. A but thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated. And that, that uh, S-Town flew by. And so if anybody wants to like hit me up on Twitter or whatever to talk about it, I'm all, I'm here because I have so many things to say. Yeah, what would be a good like Asian American story to S-Town? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good question. P-Town. Pleasanton. You know, I mean, I mean, this is the story of the great Chang one family. Could a Korean family moved to Pleasanton? Could mm. <laughs> I think both my parents, like again, and I'm sure all of our. This is what I'm saying. Like we all have these like really, really deep, incredible stories. Yeah. A lot of them I'm learning as like an adult. Yeah. That because I never care to ask my parents about yeah. a lot about their past. My dad has like a crazy journey mm-hmm. my grandma my mom i mean i actually want to make a film about my mom mm. coming over from korea the, the situation and all the things that happened to lead her there and she worked in like the levi's factory in san francisco she worked like she did all these jobs she worked in like burger joints and like right. i never knew this about my oh, mother yeah. Yeah. this is when i was alive too was your mom's side or dad's side from north korea my dad's side. Okay. Wow. And that, I didn't know my dad. My my dad's side was from North Korea till I was like twenty five. And that's the thing. It's because like they have all these stories, but they're not like, hey, let me sit you down. And yeah. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. It's more, more like, like you have to pry. Yeah. It's like, hey, can you tell me? And they're like, oh, they'll tell you something very kind of brief, mm-hmm. and you gotta dig and dig and dig. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. Once I asked my grandma, she was like totally open. Oh yeah, they're so excited to share about it. Once my dad doesn't want to talk about it. Really? But he was but he was okay with and with my grandma telling me about mm. it. So it's weird. Like you that's never know what's okay until you ask. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's so many stories. You could take any person, like yeah, that, sure. and I think that's what podcasts have revealed that like everyday life, there's fascinating things to learn from one another. Like this dude, I'm just like, okay, S Town is like a dude in Alabama. The way his brain works is just like <laughs> ridiculous. Like seven episodes is not enough. We need more. You know? Did you just binge it? Like, I, I got through it in less than a week, which wow. is a big deal. That is a big deal. Is yeah. it like an hour long? Right? Each one. Each one's yeah. an hour long. Wow. Well, that's the good thing about LA. Yes, yeah, you're driving so each, much. Each commute is an episode. That's an important indicator of a good podcast. If I'm looking forward True. to my commute, you are. That's what I do. I listen to podcasts, and I'm like, oh crap! I'm like through all of my podcasts. Yeah. Or I call, I call like people. I call my girlfriend. She's like, you're driving, aren't you? <laughs> and you know it's a bad sign. Phone. Well, you know it's also a bad sign when your mom's like, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> like, oh but I still have like 20 minutes left on the 405. You don't want to talk to me. You want to know how my day was. Oh my god, that's like a whole other thing. We should um, have a podcast recommendation list. We should, because I love I love hearing yeah. like what you guys listen to. There's oh, yeah. another one that's how I built this. That's oh, I this, I listen to that too. It's good. I love that. That yeah. comes out every Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So I listen. Now we're to gonna add Monday. to the Monday okay. list, y'all. Good. So on the way to work, I'll listen to how I built this. On the way back from work, I I'll think what to you, you guys. yes, what you need is to get onto that podcast playlist yeah. that you build out in the beginning of the week, and you like kind of. I don't have a playlist. Yet. I'm I'm like loyal to just my list, and I I don't yeah. venture out. That's why it's hard for me to jump on the S because I'm like, oh, I've got how I built this. I've got Jalen and Jacoby. I've got. Um, but this is know, like a. Yeah. But this is the one that's like uh, it's done in yeah, seven. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah, so those those I'm down for because okay, I think it's like a beginning and an end. See, those I save for the big road trips. That's smart, right? But <laughs> if it's like really good, like, you should okay. just like prioritize I have, it. I have a. I have a. Uh, I'm driving up to San Francisco in a month to. Uh, that's a good. This idea. is my second cousin's wedding. Yeah. So that's, I'm gonna listen to S Town. That's my S Town. Those trip. those trips go fast when you have something good to listen. That's listen. true. And then you kind of like wish you weren't there yet. I know. Okay. But yeah. you need to listen to it sooner because I need to talk about it with you. <laughs> I'll think about it. Oh, punk. All right. We'll be right back to uh, talk more with Jason about his upcoming film, or we'll just talk more about podcasts on this <laughs> podcast. I don't know. I'd be happy to. <laughs> we'll be back in a sec. Stick around. BRB. Hey. 
Hey everyone, it's Marvin.、Uh, just wanted to thank everyone for listening to this episode of the Clubcast. The Clubcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a national nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the API community. Learn more about collaboration, our programs, and our content by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. And don't forget that's collaboration with a K. Collaboration is a proud partner of the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, presented by our friends at Visual Communications. The festival kicks off Thursday, April twenty seventh, and runs until the following weekend. As a community partner, Collaboration is presenting two films during the festival. The first is "Save My Soul," the first full-length documentary from our friends at Jubilee Project, which is premiering at five p.m. on Saturday, April twenty ninth, at the Aratani Theater in Little Tokyo. The following day, Collaboration is also presenting "Mele Murals," a documentary on the transformative power of modern graffiti and art in Asian Hawaiian culture for a new generation of Native Hawaiians. The film is playing on Sunday, April thirtieth, at five p.m. at the Japanese American National Museum in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. These two are very different but very necessary films about the power of art and stories,、um, and we hope to see you there. Catch these movies and the rest of the amazing lineup at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival by getting a ticket at their website festival.vconline.org. And on a related note, the Clubcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American podcasts and podcasters highlighting unique stories from the Asian American community. The Potluck Collective is also a media partner with the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, and will be holding a live podcast lounge during the first weekend of the festival. So that's Saturday, April twenty ninth, and Sunday, April thirtieth, from one p.m. to four p.m. at the Far East Lounge, which is also the festival HQ. We'll be presenting six live podcasts, including on Saturday, April twenty ninth, we'll be presenting the Saturday School Podcast, this Filipino American Life, and our podcast, the Clubcast. And on Sunday, April thirtieth, we'll be presenting live recordings of Fresh Creatives, The Call Is Bruce, and Yo Is This Racist. The Potluck Collective is very excited to be given a chance to provide a platform for Asian American podcasts. And if you're in the LA area and have been enjoying our podcast so far, we hope that you come and join us. To stay updated on the lounge, please follow the Potluck Podcast Collective via our Facebook page and Twitter handle, as well as sign up for our newsletter. The live podcasts are open to the public, so please come check us out. And with that out of the way, let's get you back to the show. Thanks again for listening to the Clapcast. And welcome back to the Clapcast. This is episode one one seven one one seven. That's a good one, number. One one seven. Yeah, I like it. Yes. We are here with our guest Jason Y Lee、mm-hmm. of Jubilee Media. Very、What、important. What does Y stand for? Uh, my Korean name is Youngwon. 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 Like Youngwonie. Youngwon. Jason's middle name is or Korean name is forever. In Mandarin, it's a、uh, Youngyuan. Really? You know,、oh. like forever. Yeah, I was just a Youngwon. <laughs> <laughs> so in、The、every、y、language, that's nice. There's I, so I many a... Jason Lees that I now I have to only go by. I, I'm like, oh, it's Jason Wiley. But there's a thing when you're like, if you can introduce yourself with your middle initial,、yeah. it's kind of. Douchey too. <laughs> Eventually, she's JY. Yeah, Christine M. Jang, which I don't do because there's so many Christines, but I don't even call myself Christine. I feel there's、yeah. a lot of. Are there a lot of Minji Changs too, though? There's a lot of Minjis apparently <laughs> that I've been meeting in exponential amounts in the last few years. But when I think of Minji, I think of you now. Yeah. But was, but I used to when we first met. I think I knew you as Christine.、Right? Yeah. But just、anyways. putting in this podcast, if you call me Christine. I don't know you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know me. If you call me Jason Lee, I'll be like, "Who's that? Who that? <laughs> We obviously haven't、that? talked in the last year, or so no. yeah." <laughs> Jason Wiley. Yeah. God. 
Someone also was like, "Hey, your your last name is Wiley." I was like, "Wow, that's kind of cool." Jason Wiley, that's like your that's my stage. If you ever want to, if you ever yeah. want to get into Hollywood and like, yeah, register and for like, SAG. You you heard it I'm here. Yeah. This is where it came Wiley. from. Yeah, <laughs> origin story. Want to mask your identity? They're like, man, the episode one one seven that was instrumental. That was it was the turning point and everything. Jason Wiley Coyote. <laughs> so four years, okay, okay, four years on this project, and you're yes. finally. At this moment, yeah. and you've already shared it with certain people. Who's seen it so far? I'm curious. We've done a handful of private screenings around the country with uh, different college groups. Dope. Yeah. So that's been awesome because it's like an opportunity for us to kind of test the content, but also see if there's going to be a grassroots response. Okay. And it's been amazing to see college students from every you know walk of life kind of come out and watch the film and be moved by it. So Which I want to like, set this up real quick because yeah. I don't think we mentioned what the film was about okay. yes, since the beginning. Do. That's please a good do. point. Um, Save My Soul. This is Jason's good podcasting. new documentary, feature documentary. Feature like documentary, yeah. Um, about sex trafficking in South Korea. In South Korea. Yeah. Yep. How long is the whole film? It's just over an hour long. Okay. So it, it's yeah. a shorter feature, but yeah, it's about prostitution and sex trafficking in Korea. And honestly, you know, we kind of talked about this last time, but when we were asked to do this, we thought hey, we're going to just do like a short little 10-minute video. And also, actually, I had no idea that prostitution and sex trafficking was a big deal in Korea. You know, you always mm. think about like Thailand or Brazil or um, I don't know. Where it's, like, where it's an industry. Right, right. right. It's or, everywhere, though. Yeah, it is. And that's what we found out. And I was like, man, Korea, I thought it was just like Samgyeopsal and like Korean barbecue and <laughs> K-pop and soju, right? And that's yeah. what I knew about it. But when we started digging... It was just like this this thread that just kept on coming and coming and pulling. Yeah. Um, so now four years later, yeah. So how did the, so you're originally going to go? You were asked to do this by who? By a pastor of oh. a big Korean church called Onri. Oh, I know Onri. Onri. So the English ministry pastor asked us. He said, "Hey, we've been you know we've been praying, we've been asking for filmmakers, and we think that you guys might be able to take on like a short documentary project." So they so they've obviously known about the topic and have been doing some work he did he did and you'll find this out in kind of the end of our film but um he was really really committed to like justice work Mm -hmm. um at the end a couple about a year ago he was actually fired from the job or he was dismissed because he was too focused but they said that he was too focused on justice work Mm. and that's like a little bit indicative that's that's what you don't you don't want justice in Churches, right? No, no, we're supposed to be about justice. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. we believe. But people approach it differently, yeah. and they think that, yeah, that's. I think that's the main conflict that a lot of discussions are, are surrounding right now, right? Which is a people define what's right and wrong, and then even once those things are defined and agreed upon, the way to <laughs> be do right and wrong mm-hmm. is very different. Yeah, and I think in particular, what strikes me really about this film. Like that topic is 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 a is a wallop. Like it's a lot further. But like I have my own experiences with like the Korean church and with like abusive relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it touches upon things that are much deeper. There's something much deeper. So absolutely. much deeper, this and that's something I'm thing. very passionate about. And I want to write and talk about. And it's scary, right? Like it is because once you start to dig into that hole, it's yeah. everything from prostitution, sex trafficking to mental health. Yeah. Um, domestic violence, yep. alcoholism, suicide. When you look at Korea and Korean American community, a lot of that is what's lying underneath, and we're just seeing symptoms of that. Right. 
Um, and no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to address it. So we said, you know what? For now, let's try to really focus on at least this prostitution, sex trafficking mm-hmm. angle. And we were really fortunate that we met these incredible girls um, who were willing to share their stories. So they're really like the main characters of the film. Very cool. Crystal and Esther. Were um, they willing to show their face and everything? Or was it like you have protected identity? And, yeah. yeah. When you watch the film, you, you'll see like a mosaic on their face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to do a little bit of like voice modulation. But um, still, so you can like really see their, their character and their personality. And they're, they're so beautiful. They're so awesome. I can't <laughs> wait to see this. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. You're not going to be here. I know. We but I'll still find... That, that's actually one of the questions <laughs> we posted about it on Instagram. And mm-hmm. people are like, well, I'm not in LA, but like, how can I watch this? Yeah. Film? So this is like the big thing that's going to happen. So it's going to premiere on the 29th, 5 p.m., our tiny theater. Come. Um, after that, we're actually going to be releasing it on iTunes on July 4th weekend. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And pre-sale starts in May. Um, so the big thing that we've been trying to do is we're trying to encourage everyone to go buy it on iTunes buy it twice um, because really its performance on iTunes is apparently going to dictate whether it could get onto like a Netflix or a Hulu or an Amazon and they're not really sure like the you know the head honchos up there are not sure they're not if sure this is a good story <laughs> yeah they're not sure if they're like people want to buy it but we're like no there are people who really want to buy it we know that we can you know that yeah. people are going to move so that's our request are like their thing yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah well, you never know. People yeah. can cherry pick. Yeah. Um, so wait. So when you you actually went to Korea, so since then it's just been working on posts and then doing the screenings and doing the marketing and like kind of building up to this point now, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. When when we signed up to do a documentary, we didn't realize it was a marathon. Yeah. We were signing up for like a hundred yard dash, and here <laughs> yeah, we are yeah, yeah. at like mile twenty five. Like <gasps> <gasps> we're still alive. Getting How do you feel? Is, is is everything ready? Everything like cut and like finished or are you still like making the final final edit stays before no, the premiere it is it is finished the film <laughs> is finished and we're incredibly proud i mean i think it's like with anything when you you watch it you're like man obviously there are things that i think could be slightly better or that you would have done differently had you known but at the end of the day this is like really the culmination of a lot of um support and work from people around the country mm-hmm. like all these people who we had people in Korea. We had people in, um, I don't know, like Kansas, like helping us subtitle the film, for example. Um, we have Kickstarter donors from all around the world. Yeah. I love it. Um, so this is really, you know, I think that I, I get to have the privilege to be able to one to share and say like, hey, this is our film. But really, this is everyone's film. Yeah. I'm curious because I imagine like taking on an endeavor and then like entering into this and then finding that it's so much more than you expected mm-hmm. i'm imagining you correct me if i'm wrong but like i'm imagining you walk away with a lot more questions than answers mm-hmm. right yeah so where does this go from here that's a really good question for example one of the things we discovered early on was how deeply ingrained in culture this is mm-hmm. so one of the things we ask is so how many men are participating or buying sex mm-hmm and the numbers like astounded us because one of the experts was like, mm, I would say about six out of 10 men are paying for sex in Korea. And we said, oh my God. And we went onto the street and we asked people on the street, men on the street and women on the street. They said, uh, probably eight out of 10, nine out of 10. And when I think about that at first, I was like, dude, what the, like, this is, what the <laughs> F, right? Like, what the heck is going on? And I was so angry. And then I started thinking about, and all of my family lives in Korea, right? Like all my uncles and my cousins, I was like, just probability wise, this does not exclude any of my personal family. So then a lot of that started to shift the way that I realized that, you know what, this is a big issue. Um, we can be really upset about it. 
and we should be, but also we have got to think about what is our role. And mm-hmm. I think for every person, it's a little different. For us, it was to make a film. Um, we've had some young people who are like, hey, I'm going to go and donate a year of my time. Some people are saying, hey, you know, I just want to donate my money. Um, but I think the big thing is now use your talent, use whatever is at your disposal to help raise awareness. Because now that you know, you can't, yeah, you, you, you got to do something. Unknow. Yeah. You can be ignorant of, of it. You can like ignore it, but you can't not know what's going on. Yeah, and then right. to your point also, it's it's happening everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. It's happening in mm-hmm. L.A. It's happening in our backyard. Well, the funny thing, so I worked in, in public health. That was my major in college. And oh, I was I also that. in a very bad relationship for a long time with a Korean-American male mm. from church. <laughs> yeah. Um, and We're that, the worst. <laughs> not all of you, but <laughs> a lot of, you know, there's some of you bad, bad eggs. Bad yeah. eggs everywhere, but there's a lot of good ones, too. Yeah. Um, that was actually one of the main things I learned is that there's a lot of good eggs. Yeah. Yeah. But and so it's always been like a very, very important topic to me. And then just being a woman and being a young person and I could go on for days about it. But that became like a really critical part of what I wanted to address or like Mm. take on um, because it's personal and because I can speak on it with conviction because I went through it. Yeah. And there's different people and there's there's different roles because some people want to leave it behind and that's totally fair. Mm -hmm. But there's some people who go through it and then want to talk about it. And even then it's hard because they don't know how to talk about it without being like, oh I went through this. You know, there's a lot of fear around it because you're like, well how am I gonna be perceived from other people if I come out saying like I went through this because they're still victim blaming. Yeah, absolutely. Well especially with you know Community organizations like churches, you know, you, still, you probably still have people you know who Condemn are connected. You. Yeah. yeah, right. Absolutely, it's your community. You know, these yeah. are these are people like your aunties and uncles. These are like people who babysat you and you're friends with their children, and you know, so it's really complex. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think there's you. You guys are playing a really critical role by making a documentary. I want to do more narrative, and yeah. I want to write about it. I want to talk about it. I think it's important at the behest of my parents, <laughs> um, and I get that too. And that's hard because like I want to respect. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's just layers of stuff, right? But um, yeah, I mean, I worked in domestic violence prevention after uh, college for a number of years, for like three and a half years. And I learned a lot about like the A through Zs of preventing violence. Yeah. And the way that we, and I'm just putting this on there because I'm putting my APA, I'm putting my degree to use right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The way we look at health preventive health is very low priority and it's low in terms of our mainstream narrative. We don't talk about prevention. We talk about secondary symptoms, tertiary. Symptoms, we, we, yeah. Once it's happened, then we yeah. deal with it. We like the it? Yeah. clinics and That's like the healthcare is too. Yeah. yeah the shelters yeah. and like the, you know, all that. But let's think about that and say, okay, that's after it's actually happened. How do we actually prevent it? Mm-hmm. So that's where I talk about. That's why I say culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Culture, our relationships, the music we listen to, all of that plays. It, Definitely. It, Dude, it's all there, man. And if you want to put it like a, a price tag on that, like preventative care is way cheaper than right. like symptom care, right? Right. right? Because you can prevent, if you can prevent hospitalizations, mobilization of police, like all these things that happen because things happen, things happen, yeah. yeah. Crises. Then you can, you can have money to build your stupid wall. Or yeah. Build <laughs> 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 on the wall. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, what I'm realizing is that it's because we don't have that many great role models mm-hmm. and. Uh, and, you know, I think that our parents' generation were so great in making a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But when I look around, I'm looking for, like, really strong um, ancient fathers mm-hmm. who um, there, there are not a lot. Because, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times they had to work or they had to sacrifice so much. There's not that many examples of what it means to be, like, a loving father, right? right. Or to 
to have a father who like says, hey, son, this is what it means. Like respect a girl, mm-hmm. um, respect mm-hmm. a woman. This is how to raise a strong, a strong woman, right. a strong son. And that might work if your community is teaching those in his stead, right? That's what right, they say it takes a village to raise yeah. children, right? Yeah. But when the communities also just have those um, like ingrained right. morality yeah. things, right. like, yeah. you don't learn that from, yeah. from that. And that said, there are also great fathers out there too. So There's I don't want so yeah. to just poo-poo on all the fathers. I'm yeah, sorry. But, um, I mean, but like you're, what you discovered is like these are things that we do need to talk about yeah. because – I, for one, like even my father and I have had, like I've alluded to it, so I joke about it all the time because my dad and I have butt heads a lot. We're actually a lot alike, which yeah. is probably why. Yeah. But he's had a, he had a really tough childhood. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense to me. And I'm his daughter and I love him. So I'm sympathetic to that. But he's also like grinds my gears because he like <laughs> shuts down everything I want to do. But he has his reasons. And he was the one that would tell me, he's like, look, I'm going to be really clear with you about what I think is right and wrong mm-hmm. because I'm not the only one that's teaching you. Mm-hmm. He said this to me when I was like a kid. Wow. He's like, you're influenced by your teachers, your friends, what's on TV. He said all this to me. And I was like, huh. And I don't you know, think <laughs> of that like social norms and like influences. Yeah. But he was like, I'm not your only teacher. Yeah. But you're damn well going to hear what I think when you're here. And I didn't agree with everything he thought, but he let me know. But even with that, it's complicated because, like, I don't want to villainize him. Mm -hmm. But he's been tough. (laughs) He's been a tough person in my life. (laughs) I think at the end of the day, this is what I've learned about from the documentary. Because I went through huge pendulum swings of this is the worst thing ever. Korea is the worst to <laughs> wait a second. I'm Korean. Exactly. Korean. Korea is the best, right? Exactly. And is that, is that, is that the Han? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, this is what I ultimately learned because I realized that if I were to be born, you know, if my parents did not immigrate and I was born in Korea, I would probably be paying for sex. I would, and I wouldn't think anything of it. I'd be like, yeah, of course, these girls, whatever. Like, they just want money. Like, I'm going to pay for sex. That's fine. It's their job they're working for. Exactly. Oh, they just get nice bags and they're getting a nice car. It's their choice. Um, and what I've realized is that all of us, every human is capable of doing really, really terrible things, of incredible evil, right? Like, if I told you all of the worst things I've ever done in my life, you guys would be like, oh my God, you're the worst person ever. And it's true for that podcast. <laughs> Let me begin. I'll share. Number one. First th- of all. Yeah. It's first of all, but the Let's Be Real podcast. <laughs> exactly. Let's Be Real. That would be good. I would, I would listen to that. Mickey Chang's confessionals. Oh, God. <laughs> so there's that side of like, we all do terrible things and yeah. we're all broken. On the flip side, I've also seen that we are also the most incredible. Like People are so capable of incredible acts of generosity, mm-hmm. love, kindness. Resiliency. Resiliency. And that's, that exists in all of us. So it's almost like every day we have to choose. Like, do we wanna, How do we want to live? Right. And we can't condemn and just be like, you suck because yeah. you're doing this. Yeah. All of us could be doing that, but all, all of us can also be choosing to, to live for good. So Yeah. And that, I think that that's, that that, yeah. that uh, I guess the the empowerment element. But what you get empowered to do without be even knowing that that's happening mm-hmm. is by by opening yourself up to other stories and to understand like there are these things happening and maybe you just didn't know. Yeah. But once you once you know, you can't unknow it. Yeah. And then that further like colors your decision making from that moment forward. Obviously, you're not going to just like yeah. you can't go backwards. You're yeah. not going to yeah. be like I can't keep repeating this stuff cuz sure. I know too much. <laughs> you know. But it's important. I mean, you know, documentaries like yours and Minji's future works and even <laughs> talking about the stuff on on here, hopefully if someone's listening um, to yeah. Yeah. 
uh, what our conversation and you know wants to learn more or wants to do more. Yeah, and yeah. It, it gets spurned by by learning by by listening mm-hmm. and by you know you guys making this story as part of that call to action. Right? Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think just to end on this note, the the thing I get the most hope from is one of the girls who's featured in the film, Esther. She's gone through like the worst of the worst, right? Everything that you can think of, whether it's abuse or or all this all this really difficult journey. She's now come out of that and now she's like committed her life to being an activist and Very fighting cool. for other girls, right? Very cool. So it's like the person who has dealt like the worst hand, I think, in life, if she's able to fight, like why can't I? Yeah. Why can't we? So um I've got a lot of hope still. Yeah. Save my soul. Uh, well, before we talk about Jubilee Media, oh yeah, um, oh, I know. yeah let's talk know. about. So, Save My Soul is premiering in LA at the La- at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, Lapith, mm-hmm. on Saturday, April 29th um, at 5 p.m. Yes, sir. And at the Aratani Theater, and then Fourth of July weekend. On iTunes. on iTunes that's right um, if people want to catch the premiere you have a discount code right we've got a discount code please use it it's yeah. just JP capital J capital P 17 and I think that gives you um, a couple bucks off yeah and you can get your tickets now at festival.vconline.org yeah yeah. bring your friends bring your parents yeah bring the bring your stranger it's a beautiful theater we've yeah. had a collaboration there a couple times it's a huge it's theater huge. Mm-hmm. So it's 800 seaters so Dude, are, that, that's a packed place i literally yes. have nightmares about <laughs> about it being like 10 people that means it's gonna go well yeah if it's anything like my life i have nightmares before every show man like do everything you? yes i do that is my biggest I have stress dreams fear. really yeah it's I'm, so big yeah um, <laughs> now you know how I this. feel. Yeah, now you know how we feel. <laughs> I was like, should we just get like blow up dolls and just put them in the back so people would think that this is no? You know please, what? Please, please, we, please. Come we out. want people to come out for sure. And also, yeah. you know the the mentality that Marvin and I because because we have these like repeated shows every year at yeah. all these different venues. We're always like, whoever is there, we're gonna give one thousand yeah. percent as if it was completely sold out. Or if there's two people there, don't care. Absolutely. We're gonna perform and Absolutely. be present with those people I mean, once no, the show starts you, you know you do the show yeah we're professionals here yeah <laughs> we're, we pros um but yeah like amen i like that it's uh, the stress is real though right the stress yeah. is real um uh, but people yeah people I, come out i think people will support come out. the film yeah thank you um so is this is this film the launch of jubilee media or is that this it just actually wasn't strategically the intention but just the timing of it kind of worked out nice. exactly right what prompted the show well like what's the significance of this of Ju- jubilee media mm-hmm. yeah so for folks who don't have context maybe jubilee project was a nonprofit that i started with my brother and one of my best friends in 2010 mm-hmm. so the past seven years if you've heard of jubilee it probably was jubilee project videos right um in the last two years, as we were working, uh, really four, but the last two years, we really haven't created any new content for Jubilee Project. Um, and that was because we were so focused on documentary. But honestly, a part of me was also just like doing a lot of soul searching. Um, Eddie and Eric had both gotten married. They're doing different things. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, wait, why am I doing this? Um, do I still have passion for this? Um, or am I just continuing the course? And at the end of the day, I realized, you know what? I do want to create media that inspires and is um, meaningful, but I actually don't know if we need to do it as a nonprofit. Um, so we said, you know what? Okay. I said, if I were to start from scratch, what would Jubilee look like? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what I came up with. I said, you know what? We would be a, a for-profit startup. We're going to raise capital. Um, we want to be 
we want to be the vice for good. Like, what, is, what does Vice's kind best friend look like? Mm-hmm. That's, and we want people to think of Jubilee. So that's obviously an audacious goal that we're just putting out there. I love it. But um, that is the start now. So we just did the whole rebrand. Um, I think the film will be a big boost to that. But nice. also um, a lot of little projects coming out as well. Very cool. Great. That's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. So go like and subscribe. It's all we just switched all of our social media stuff. So it's all Jubilee Media now. Okay. Yeah. If I'm already liked on Jubilee Project, does it automatically switch? Yeah. Yeah. You're okay, you're good. you're stuck. I'm good then. You're I'm stuck good. with us. And cool. the, I'm just too lazy. To and some people are. <laughs> people have been asking, oh, what about the nonprofit? We're actually going to be keeping the nonprofit to make sure that we can still do our um, our fellowship, which happens every summer, right. and events, because that's so important to the community. Very cool. Um, just most of the media work will be with Jubilee Media. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, you guys have been evolving, and I, I've known about you not all seven years. Like, I'd say five and mm-hmm. a half. Mm-hmm. It's been a long seven. journey. It's been a long journey. We're still standing. <laughs> yeah, and we've had a lot of um, overlapping interns. Oh, yeah. And people that have been on collaboration staff and then like, go to your conferences and then yeah. do your fellowship and everything. <laughs> it's so cool. For sure. Like everybody here, that's, yeah. and that's like the part of the tight-knit community is that everybody, you know, we all help. Like a lot of the staff that, and the volunteers that we've had have helped at multiple organizations, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. And they get a different experience mm-hmm. at each place that they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really amazing to see yeah. them, them launch their own things. <laughs> I mean, there's this whole – and I think that's a lot, a lot of um, – we're all trying to find what our, what our place is here in this like Asian-American ecosystem of yeah. media, of empowerment, of um, – of content creation right. per se. And it's, it's been just interesting to see all the different shifts and all the different, like everyone kind of finding their own voice. And yeah. that doesn't mean that we're, we're doing collaboration as well as, you know, trying to fine tune that voice. And we've evolved a lot out. over 18 years. Yeah. Dude, like. It's taken us so long for ourselves. It took me two years to figure out what exactly Jubilee media was going to be about. Yeah. Um, I've been sitting at this desk, pulling my hair out. Right? Like doing the same thing. I was like, is it this word? Is it? So we, this is what we can, well, the, the timing is right though, because we realize, you know, right, right now, it feels like we're like more divided than ever mm. uh, the country and the world like with race relations and uh, the election and yeah. refugee crisis but we want to be known as like the media company that is bridging people together and nice. that's inspiring yeah. love and not just for Asian Americans actually it's going to be multicultural yeah. very cool so we just hired um, we just hired some non-Asians nice. very cool which is really cool yeah. the evolution yeah. you know we hired our first white guy <laughs> we hired a black like, guy like welcome <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so it's been really interesting. I mean, that's the next step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is you know, once we have, at least for us, like we, we Minji and I always talk about how our ultimate goal is to kind of work our, ourselves out of a job where mm. like Asian American empowerment isn't necessary. That necessary fight anymore. isn't necessary yeah. because it's and then, then we can move on to you know other things well selfishly i hope that you guys don't go away but <laughs> <laughs> we won't go anywhere but yeah. it's just like yeah. the things but the mission do, will, i guess yeah, yeah we're we'll hoping shift. to um because especially around like right now like a lot of asian american representation thing it comes from a place of like anger is not the right word but like frustration mm-hmm. um yeah and, and, and need for growth and need for conversation and that's yeah not to i have an audition for uh, a comedy sketch thing today, which today? I'm excited about. Ooh. It's produced by Kevin Hart. I'm dying. Dude, uh, I've heard. Can we do some lines right now? I, oh. But like, it's funny though because I, what I've seen with certain comedy, and I was actually called by the pr- other producer of the same thing okay. last year. Okay, I was busy and traveling or something. There's something that prevented me from being able to audition last year. But even with that, like, I'm excited because 
the comedy is including Asian American people. People were commenting on the Get Out, the one Asian guy in Get Out, yeah. the Japanese American. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've noticed that like this is, I think, it seems like the primary cast is black and African American, and um, they they kind of still see Asian people as like part of the white crowd of yeah, like being yeah. white. So that's actually the character that I'm auditioning for, which is interesting. <laughs> There's tones of that. Okay. The jokes are like around that. So I kind of like, yeah, I'm, you- I'm just in- interested to see like how I can contribute as a character. And then also as a creative, be like, you know, there's also a lot of Asian people who care who get it. and get it yeah. and are not, you know, yeah. like that'll be interesting to see. And everything's evolving because all these different, uh, collisions are happening and listeners of this artistically po- uh, listeners of this podcast know that Minji's not afraid to talk back to writers yeah am I not I am <laughs> but I'll do it anyway yeah that's important yeah. that's what courage is guys courage. that's what my brother told me he's like bravery and courage does it involves being scared and mm, doing it yeah. anyway so important he's like what? don't be fearless be brave and I was like Oh yeah. If you're, if, you're, if you're not scared, you're probably a sociopath. <laughs> well, certain things don't scare people, but yeah. Anyway. Well, and also, if you're not doing stuff that you're scared of, you're not growing. Yeah. Right. Then yeah. you're just operating completely in this safe zone. Yeah. Um, you're an autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. So we encourage for all for like in celebration of Jubilee Media. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And the new stages of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I nail this audition. Yeah, when you put it out there, now people are going to... Well, I put it on Facebook. I didn't... Well, like, I got a huge... My friends are all like, I don't know, sending me really good juju, so I better do good. Yeah, good vibes. I appreciate it. Good Prayer, vibes. Prayers it's going important. up, yeah. Yeah, awesome. no, I'm glad we're all, like, putting our stuff out there and stepping up to the plate in our respective areas. Yeah. And then Marvin's taking over the podcast universe for Asian America. I didn't make our version of S-Town. You should. It's called, yeah, it's called Keaton or Changtown. Keaton, yeah, Changtown. Well, I don't know if my dad's gonna be down to like do, find um. someone else, but I'm totally down for that. We've got a bunch of hidden cameras and microphones that <laughs> you would true. never know. <laughs> I've, I've gotten pretty good at getting a remote audio. Yeah, very good. So, so we all have different projects underway. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be a big year. I, I feel it. I really, really fun. believe it. Yeah. Um. So. We know what's next for you. If people mm-hmm. want to find out more about Jubilee Media and Jason Wiley, yes. okay. where can they go? Um, my personal is just Jason Wiley underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I love uh, I love hearing from everyone. Jason Wiley underscores? You couldn't even get Jason Wiley. Dude, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. Those random guys have just been sitting on Jason Wiley. Definitely not posting, uh, but it's also private. That's the person on Minjeezy with two E's, too. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> So you can find me there. And then obviously Jubilee Media. Um, it's just Jubilee Media and everything. And then Save My Soul, actually. We, we've awesome. got social media for that. Yeah. Again, check out Save My Soul, which is premiering this Saturday at of the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, uh, 5 p.m. at the Aratani Theater. Uh, you can get your tickets at festival.vconline.org. Um, the discount code is JP17, all caps. That's right. Awesome. Thank, awesome. You so Thank you so much, much for, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be back. Yeah. I want to come back. Come back I'll, again. I'll watch S-Town and we can just, just do S-Town yeah. and the we'll, worst we'll, thing we'll, I ever we'll did. Do, yes. That would be the... Totally we'll, down. We should have just an S-Town spoiler cast. Or something. Oh, it's yeah. It's like a special episode, special features. Um, so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is there? Oh, um, next week we're going to start releasing episodes on Mondays, um, hopefully. That's the plan. Um, starting with a, our special live episode that we're going to record at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival at Lapith on Saturday, 3 p.m. Uh, Minji won't be there because she's going to be uh, at her brother's graduation. graduation but Ooh. we're going to have some special guests come and talk about the film festival. Awesome. I'm <laughs> sending you all my love. 
If you guys, we always love receiving fan mail or feedback from our listeners. Or questions. Or questions. So if you have anything to send us, please send it to podcast at collaboration.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Oh, now it's Apple Podcasts. Apple, Apple Podcast. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well as iTunes. Hmm. I'm going to keep saying called, iTunes because everyone still know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Apple Podcast, <laughs> Google Podcast. Play Music, Stitcher. And coming soon, we're going to be on Spotify. So be on the lookout for yeah. that. Yeah. So now it's even easier to tell your friends to listen to us. Uh, for those of you on Android. Um, Thanks, Travis, for your song. Yeah, our theme song this week is, again, Sweet Disaster. Beautiful Deception. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet disaster. <laughs> Travis, that's your next hit. I was going to say sweet deception. Then I was like, wait, it's disaster. No, shit. It's beautiful, beautiful deception. deception beautiful by deception. Travis Atreo. Thanks again for letting us use that. Um, for Marvin, Minji, and our guest Jason. Yes. That's it. for listening. We'll see you all next. We'll see you in a few days, actually. Yeah. yeah. See you Monday. Subscribe. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.